All right, good morning, everybody. It's uh, Monday morning, kind of dreary here in Kansas City, but uh, hey, it's March, and uh, at least it's not snowing, so I'll take it as a win. Going to do a couple of reactions to a couple of calls and uh, some things I've been listening to and some thoughts have been on my mind, and then kind of see where the day takes us. So I got a call last night from the Creators Council. Uh, The Creators Council is a forum where people share, uh, anchor members here share on uh, their uh, ideas and thoughts about some of the changes uh, from the previous version, which I have no understanding of. And uh, speaking of not having any understanding, I kind of stumbled into that show uh, in that station because I kind of posted a response to something that uh, Maria was talking about. But in any case, uh, they gave me a call back, and so I ended up on that station. So check it out uh, if you want to hear my response. Mike, it's KT over the council. Thank you for recording with us. Your episode is now up. Feel free to check it out. And that was Kevin, by the way, uh, the owner of at least two other stations, KT and Anchor Nation. And I want to thank him for, A, being part of setting up that Creators Council, and B, for spending a little bit of time with me on that call, explaining some of the ways that uh, the app and the community works. And uh, I appreciate that. So once again, thank you, sir. So I want to respond and react and all that jazz to some things that I've been listening to and things that have been on my mind and uh, how it all fits into the big idea that I mentioned in the last episode about uh, reverse engineering racism, you know, uh, with some sort of foundation and whatnot. But uh, I'm inspired today because I was listening to a podcast that I uh, uh, regularly listen to called The Memory Hole, and it's a uh, it's on, uh, I think, I can't remember which service they do, like, is it Gimlet? I don't think it's Gimlet, but whichever one it is, check it out, you can find it, it's called The Memory Hole, uh, or The Memory Palace, actually. Uh, but it's a really good ep- uh, episode today where he was talking about these freak shows that they used to have uh and i'm sure you've all heard about them like you know the jojo the dog face boy and uh things like that where where uh you know the the fat lady and the bearded lady or you know just all these different things that people would pay and his whole show was about like people would pay to see these people who were odd or different or whatever and that uh you know he made this point that was actually pretty dramatic that there was a point where you might have a baby born with like serious birth defects and that baby may not even live like more than a year or two or something like that and What ends up happening is to, you know, make ends meet because you're kind of on your own. 
And that was his whole point, you know, as he summed up the episode, was like these were the days before healthcare and before, uh, you know, the modern medicine and things like that. And uh, we, you know, people would basically put their kid in these freak shows to make some money for the little bit of life that they got, you know, because uh, they could be the the girl with elephant feet, but she's going to die within by the time she's four, but she's got these gigantic club feet because of some birth defect or, you know, some twisted spine or something. And, and it's just, you know, I don't know. To me, it speaks to my hope and optimism. So, you know, uh, in this country, right? Like we eventually get around to doing the right thing. It just takes a hell of a long time. And the people who want to do the right thing have to keep calling for the right thing. And eventually we get there. You know, I've uh, always tried to tell my kids to have hope and to, to believe in this country. And one of the things that I uh, explained to them was I'm driving down the street right now and I'm looking at these curb cuts on the, these sidewalks. And I don't know how many people who are actually handicapped and in a wheelchair that need them in this neighborhood today. But if there's one person, they're not stuck because they can't get somewhere, you know, and they got to deal with the, the traffic and everything. I mean, we live in a society in a, that, that, that does indeed honor and, and, and take care of the, the lesser among us when we get around to it. When there's a, a uh, you know, when that squeaky wheel is squeaky and loud enough. But like I said in that other episode, there are those powers at work in this country and it's not even some secret thing. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not even a conspiracy. It's just people with their own interests working together, and that's why I'm working to, you know, put together people with similar interests, people who want to reverse racism, people who, like the people who wanted to to provide for these curb cuts, because the less than two percent of America that needs them because it's the right thing to do and we should do it now it took a fight and I used to tell my kids you know I love America and here's why because we do this this kind of thing and I use that as an example you know the curb cuts and the short uh, mirror you know the lower uh, mirrors and and you know reserved parking spaces and the things that we do to honor those people as living beings and they're not like oh well you got jacked in the lottery of life and so be it you know we make amends you know we make certain you know sacrifices or amends for them and that's only you know right but being 51, I remember growing up. It's, that's all thanks to something called Public Law 142, I believe it was called. But that's all because somebody 
fought to get it on as a law and they had to fight. There were people who were like, what are you talking about? There's only less than 1% of the people. Who cares about a wheelchair? The hospitals will take care of them. They can get this, they can get that. Why do we gotta spend money on this? And there's people who fight and argue about, you know, why do I have to build a, if I'm gonna build a restaurant, why do I gotta build a bathroom that's, that's wider for these people and all of this stuff? And they fought it, but it was a law, became law and it just has to be dealt with. And unfortunately, that's the way you have to do things to get them done with the government. But we live in a time now where we have such a great political, or I mean, economic prospect, right? Like, like individuals can now get into making money because I'm seeing these, you know, to the extent that they're not fake, right? I know they're real. There's people out there who are making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month a year, whatever, selling gadgets. And if I can build a network, right? This is the audacity, right? The big idea. If I can build a network that uh, either through my own commerce, but ideally through a, a greater network uh, where, where proceeds from the shopping that you do go to these, like I call them micro centers, right? That would help to start to reverse the things that have been done in this community uh, to, to, to keep it down. And when I say that, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to ask nobody for, for an apology today because that's not where I'm at. I'm like, okay, how do we move this thing forward? Because if you are aware of the history, then, you know, it's not just a pull yourself up by the bootstraps thing because you can go back and look at 100 years ago, man, practically today, Rosewood, Florida, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and other places. When I did the the uh, episode here a couple weeks ago where I went and looked on March 1st, I went and looked at the headlines from 100 years ago and there was a lynching right then and there in Tennessee or in, uh, I think, Louisiana. You know, and these people were lynched because they were the ones who were standing with their head tall. Because they were the ones who were making money. Because they were the ones who were elevating their community. And so there were forces at work and not a conspiracy, but like fuck, wide open. They just walked right up and said, we're snatching people and killing them and burning down sections of town because they're better off than, than us in some cases. And so it takes all kinds of people, all kinds of white people to tear that thing down and to, to make sure that it's not built again through the enforcement of codes and, and, and regulations and creating all kinds of Jim Crow laws and things like that. And so it takes all kinds of other white people 
to undo it. It took all kinds of white people to get involved in, and black people to get involved in the civil rights movement and to make that thing happen. And to undo it, it will take a joint effort and a concerted effort and a focused effort, I think. Because there was a focus in creating the the conditions that led to slavery. And I, 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 there's something I really want to get into uh, a, a podcast series that I listened to here a couple months ago. It actually was a, a year ran over the course of the either 2016 or maybe 2017, but it, it, it ran over the course of a year. But I'd like to get some people together to listen to that and get some reaction, uh, conversational reaction, because it talked about the history of whiteness, right, and how this whole thing was put together and just beginning like in the 1600s before this was a separate country you know how indentured servitude was transformed into black chattel slavery and how people were dispossessed of what they owned and where they might be and then further along into the history of this country and and of time you know uh who was it? Positive Vibes was talking about time moves forward. And it does. And things were done so that as time moved forward, the gap would widen and widen and widen and widen to where it is today. And they did it knowing that that's what would happen. And so we have to undo it knowing what we're doing. Figuring out how to do it. And what I'm thinking now is to go beyond and around the government because I was part of the so-called response, you know, where they came in and did. We had welfare when I was a kid, and I remember them coming into our house. I mean, literally sending agents into our house to make sure that there was no man in the house. And I guess that's okay, because if you're taking money from the government because you don't have a man, you shouldn't have a man. But should that be a contingency upon you getting help? Should it be the case that you don't get to have a man if you want my help? So what I would like to do is build a foundation that doesn't trip on that. I'm not tripping on where you are, but where you want to go. And this is where I'm trying to go. So I want to be able to teach single mothers like how to how this economy works and how to 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 seize control of the reins of their lives for their babies so that their babies are not another generation of impoverished and and whatnot so to change their mindset the mother's mindsets as they are there for those children and to and like i said this kind of a i'm envisioning some kind of like maybe an old school that's closed down or something, right? But where elderly people from the community can come in and be a part of the babies, you know, the children, not like 
babysitting the children, but being there as part of, like I deliver newspapers in a retirement facility and they do things like, you know, and I remember when my grandmother was in, in her place, you know, they do things to keep people moving and active. They like play volleyball with balloons, you know, pop the balloons up in the air and then just trying to catch it because you don't know where it's going to go, but it's coming at you nice and slow so that people can keep their bones and their body moving. They have to keep moving. That's the exact same games that you play with little children to teach them how hand-eye coordination. And it's the same exercise for the same reason. It's to keep that hand-eye coordination and movement that you're doing that with older folks. And why not have them in that environment on a voluntary basis? And in a transparent basis, right? Because I know there's going to be the cynical among us. And I, and I absolutely know that it's not just cynical, but there are indeed creatures out there, even old people, creatures who've gotten to the point that they're old and they would be creeps. But you have a transparent and monitored situation. And it can be wide open. And this is just me thinking. I mean, I know ideas have to be tested and where's the market, but that's, I guess this is the first step in that. Because I've been thinking about this for about six months. I've been thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if kids could learn the arts and learn how to deal with deal with life and, and, and have hope. And that would get them a better start. So that's just what I'm thinking at the moment. And here's a quick message from Cyber Shots, uh, doing some funny stuff over there. Make sure you hit favorite on his channel because you got to check it out. Yo, Michael T. Justice, what's happening? What's happening? What's going on? It's Mr. Campbell from Cyber Shots. Hey, man, your sarcasm is always welcome. <laughs> I love sarcasm, man. So I'm most definitely going to be checking your station out, man. Yes, sir. And I appreciate the favorite. I'm going to be checking you out as well. And welcome to Anchor. All right, peace. All right, so that's my time for this morning, and uh, I will possibly be back. I'm trying to make it a, a habit of interviewing. Uh, I'm trying to set myself a goal to interview somebody every day uh, and just start getting better and better at this interviewing thing uh, because I want to uh, make that a better skill for me because I have some ideas uh to make that profitable for me and my family. So uh, I'm sure I'll be discussing that in days to come, months, years. Who knows how long this thing will last.